presented by Nippon Steel and U.S. Steel. Good morning, everyone. I'm Playbook co-author Ryan Lizza. It's Wednesday, February 21st. The House Republican plan to impeach President Joe Biden suffered an embarrassing blow last week when an informant, Alexander Smirnov, was indicted for lying to the FBI about an alleged Biden family bribery scheme that Republicans have loudly touted. Well, now the Justice Department says that not only was the informant's entire story made up, but prosecutors allege that during an interview when he was arrested, Smirnov admitted that officials associated with Russian intelligence, that's their language, were involved in manufacturing a story about Hunter Biden. Even before this news, the House impeachment effort had already been losing steam. Representative James Comer, the Kentucky Republican leading the effort, said recently that a vote might not happen at all, given the Republicans' tiny margin. And many Republicans suddenly seem more interested in talking about Joe Biden's age rather than his son Hunter. In Biden's orbit, the potential Russian connection to this case was greeted with outrage. They happily spread Russian disinformation without even applying the slightest scrutiny because of knee-jerk partisanship. A person close to the president told Playbook last night, if they continue on a Biden impeachment, it will not go well for them. We have new campaign finance numbers this morning that are allowing us to peer inside the operations of Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, and Joe Biden. Joining me now to discuss those filings is FEC whiz and state politics reporter, Zach Montalaro. Good morning, Zach. Hey, Ryan. Good morning. Zach, start with the universe of campaign committees that presidential candidates now use to run their campaigns. And then we're going to sort of drill down into which of those committees we have this new information for this morning. Yeah. So what campaigns do is when they're talking about their fundraising, they're talking about this kind of weird spider web of campaigns and affiliated fundraising committees. So, for example, we'll use President Biden. Uh, Biden's campaign yesterday said, oh, we raised $42 million. In filings last night, Biden's campaign, quote, unquote, only raised $15.7 million. So if you're like, where's the rest of that money? What, what they mean is not only is it the Biden campaign, but it's also when he's talking, he's talking about the DNC. And he's talking about three affiliated joint fundraising committees. Got it. And for Trump? Trump doesn't count the RNC, or at least not yet. But Trump has his campaign. He has similar joint fundraising committees that Biden has. And he also has his leadership pack, which is Save America, which if that sounds familiar, that's what has been paying much of his legal bills recently. Got it. All right. So that's the universe of campaign committees and joint fundraising vehicles. What do we know this morning that's new? Which of those committees do we have new numbers for? So we have new numbers for both the Biden and Trump campaigns, the DNC, the RNC, and I think maybe the most interesting one last night was Save America with that leadership pack for former President Trump. It, in the past, he's used it to pay his legal bills, and no surprise, he's keeping doing it. But it's just worth reflecting on just how much money the former president is spending on his legal operation that's not going to getting him reelected. In January alone, Save America spent close to $3 million. Wow. One month, one month $3 million. That's what we learned yesterday. Got it. So that is by far the biggest headline out of the Trump numbers yesterday. $3 million for legal bills. Yeah. You know, right now his campaign is spending more than it took in. 
Uh, but it's such an incomplete picture because we don't have all those various other pieces of the spider web. We don't have all the stars in the galaxy, whatever metaphor you want to use. So, Zach, when are we going to understand the rest of this picture? You know, fill in uh, all those stars in the spider web. <laughs> uh, so, you know, from this point going forward, every month on the 20th, we'll have these monthly deadlines, which is the campaigns and the party committees. But the next big date to circle, if you want to be a huge campaign finance nerd, really is in April when we do get basically every part of the Constellation filing. You know, uh, it's a little bit to wait, but it's worth it. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on. Uh, before we get to to Biden, let's let's talk about Nikki Haley. Uh, what is the news out of her fundraising? So two pieces of news, really. A Nikki Haley is raising a lot more money. It looks like January is going to be uh, basically her best month for her campaign. And again, she has a similar setup, you know, to Biden and Trump that she has this kind of sprawling operation. But at least for her campaign, she's raising a, a healthy amount of money, and. I want to caveat this a little bit, but our, our great colleague Jessica Piper crunched some numbers and she, she's getting a not insignificant amount of support from former Biden donors, people who gave to Biden in 2020 who are now turning around and giving to her. To be clear, most of her donors are still traditional Republican donors. It doesn't mean they're not going to support President Biden in 2020, certainly, but there is, you know, that there's that we see on the campaign trail, or at least the Haley campaign wants to see it on the campaign trail of independents and Democrats maybe crossing over to support her in the primary, at least financially, there is some level of that happening. That's interesting on the Democrats. The, the other thing interesting about Haley, just quickly, Zach, is, you know, people ask, why is she still in the race? And, you know, there's the old cliches that campaigns don't die, they run out of money. But she's having no trouble raising money right now. Is that right? Yeah, her campaign, her campaign is raising money at a healthy clip, you know, they're they're spending a bunch too. You can't keep spending like this forever, especially if we hit, you know, South Carolina this weekend and Super Tuesday in a couple of weeks and she keeps losing. But at least right now yeah. she's not gonna she's not in that death spiral situation yet that ends so many presidential campaigns. There there's anti Trump money out there in the Republican world and a little bit in the Biden world, from what you're saying, for Nikki Haley, um, her problem is there's not enough anti Trump voters in the Republican primaries, it seems. All right. Joe Biden, he reported some numbers. Any big takeaways from Biden fundraising? Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is maybe the most obvious. He's got a very efficient and very healthy fundraising operation. All this concern we see among Democrats raised about his campaign. Uh, you never really see it talking about his fundraising, and that, that's for good reason. He has a lot of money in the bank. If not, It's not a historic amount, but it's a lot. It's a healthy amount of money in the bank. And if he does indeed go up against Trump you know, in the general election, which is really what it looks like, uh, he'll have quite a significant financial advantage. The DNC is healthier than the RNC. The Biden campaign is healthier than the Trump campaign, et cetera, et cetera, at least all of this financially. That's really interesting because obviously the last few months, a big story on the Biden side has been the organizational challenges uh, his campaign has had. I'm leaving aside, you know, some of the issues that everyone's been talking about with him as a candidate. But, uh, you know, some of the nuts and bolts campaign stuff has been a big uh, concern to Democrats. But from what you're saying, um, he's still able to raise money. Um, Zach, thank you so much for breaking this down for us. Thanks, Ryan, as always. And for your schedule today, the House and the Senate are out, and President Biden is in California, where he will deliver remarks in Culver City this morning about a new student loan debt relief plan. I'm Ryan Lizza. Thanks for listening. 
Through its acquisition of U.S. Steel, Nippon Steel is committed to investing in an iconic American company to benefit American industry, American workers, and American communities. By securing jobs, honoring existing union agreements, and keeping U.S. Steel's name and facilities, Nippon Steel is ensuring that U.S. Steel products continue to be mined, melted, and made in America.